Today is the feast of the Holy Family. Now, as we all know, to build a family that is truly holy, great sacrifice is called for. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph knew this as well. In fact, the sacrificial life of the Holy Family in their years together at Nazareth was a foreshadowing of the sacrifice the child Jesus would one day be called to make in Jerusalem on Mount Calvary. This brings us to the mystery of the cross, the mystery of the atonement. And for those of you who heard my Christmas homily, I discussed then the inner relationship between the mystery of the Incarnation and that of the Atonement. I would like to return again to that theme and build upon it, discussing how the sacrifices we as Christians make for the sake of our families draw their spiritual significance and power from the sacrifice of Christ. To begin, let's look at a single line from our first reading in Sirach. Sirach says, Whoever honors his father atones for sins. Whoever honors his father atones for sins. We might ask, how can someone atone for his sins before God? Is this even possible? Could the sacrifices we make for our families ever truly pay back to God the debts of our sins? To answer this question, let's again consider the Incarnation and the Atonement. In the Incarnation, the divine person of the Son of God took up into himself a fully human nature. Thereby, he became the perfect representative of man, and he made himself capable of suffering and so capable of making atonement for man's sin. Yes, out of love for us, Christ went to the cross. This act of love on Christ's part was more pleasing to the Father than man's sin was displeasing to him. Moreover, because Christ is a divine person possessing infinite dignity, the value and merits of the satisfaction he effected for us was of infinite value. To give just a hint of what is meant here, consider the great day of judgment. On that day, every human being who has ever lived will stand before God and billions upon billions of sins will have to be answered for. Consider the debt racked up by such a great number of sins. Now, even if you were to take this debt and multiply it by a billion times, Christ's atoning work would be more than sufficient to pay it off. The debt of man's sins would still be finite, but the value of Christ's sacrifice remains infinite. 
at the cross, our Lord amassed, as it were, an infinitely immense fortune. It is true, however, that even though Christ satisfied so abundantly for the sins of man, some men will still be condemned on the day of judgment. How is this so? How can we understand this? Well, we have to make a distinction between, on the one hand, the graces that Christ merited for us at the cross, and on the other hand, the communication of those graces to the soul of the individual. And here's an analogy to help us understand this. Imagine that you and your siblings are very poor, but that you have a distant relative in another country who has amassed a great fortune and who at his death makes you and your brothers and sisters his heirs. He has appointed an executor of his estate and all you have to do is travel to that country and get in touch with that executor. Now imagine if your siblings take the trouble to do this while you do not. Your siblings will become rich while you remain poor. You see, the riches of Christ's atonement have to be communicated to each of us in a personal manner. For this to happen, the individual has to move from his country, so to speak, of unbelief and sin to the country of faith and repentance. He also has to get in touch with the executor of the state, that is, the church, the mystical body of Christ. In the Incarnation, Christ became man, and thus established a mystical union between himself and man. Christ became the new head of a new body, and the graces he merited through his passion are communicated to the members of his body through the sacraments, especially through the sacrifice of the Mass, which renews and perpetuates the sacrifice of the cross. And this is why we need to come to Mass. It is above all the holy sacrifice of the Mass that captures, if you will, our good works and our sacrifices and lifts them up and makes them pleasing to God. We should imagine to ourselves the Eucharistic sacrifice that takes place upon the altar here as one massive fire that rises powerfully and effortlessly up to God. Our family relationships with all their sufferings and sacrifices are like little flames that in and of themselves are too weak to rise up to God. But when we join these little flames to the massive fire kindled here on this altar every Sunday, our little flames are united together and lifted up to God. They are made powerful through the power of Christ's sacrifice that is made present here. Think of the line from our Eucharistic prayer. The priest says to God, Look, we pray upon the oblation of your church and recognize the sacrificial victim 
by whose death you will to reconcile us to yourself. You see, our oblation or offering is made effective and valuable because of the sacrificial victim truly present here, Jesus Christ our Lord, who is the true priest and the true sacrifice of every holy Mass. And so let's return to our theme of atonement. Our good works and our sufferings could never make atonement for our sins in and of themselves, but they can do so when they are united to the atonement that Christ has effected for us at Calvary and made present to us in the Mass. So we come back full circle to our text from Sirach. Whoever honors his father atones for sins. When we as baptized members of the body of Christ live out our family relationships with patience and love in the context of a sacramental life whose center is the Mass, we atone for our sins and we merit our salvation. Sometimes in our role as caregiver for a sick and ailing parent, it is as if we are carrying a heavy cross with no end in sight. Sometimes as we live out our vocations as fathers and mothers, we feel like we are being tested to our limits and stretched out on a cross. Sometimes when we try to be good husbands or wives, we are pierced through with hurt feelings as if we are being nailed to a cross. That's okay. Let us remember that we are members of Christ's body. If Christ our head went to the cross, it should be expected that his members will also. Let us, through the Mass, unite our crosses to the one cross of Christ. Through the sacrifice of Christ, the sacrifices we make for the sake of our families will become the means by which we become holy and realize in the world a family like the Holy Family of Nazareth.